0: Some of you may know that these passages um, in, in Scripture, it's in Genesis 19, and, um, and I'm just going to give you a bit of backstory. I'm going to touch on a few verses. Uh, I'm going to read some, so I, I encourage you to follow along. It'll be on the screen as well. But the Lord just placed um, just kind of one, one little word in my heart is to be free from compromise. And uh, I believe God is wanting to clean up church, clean up house in our hearts, in our lives. Because a lot of the times, sometimes when we go through the same thing over and over and over again, we make room for things that don't belong. You know, whether it's uh, little things or big things, we we kind of create space for this. And God wants us to be pure. God wants us to be holy before him. Amen. Uh, And so... I'm just gonna give a bit of backstory before this. So so Abraham, um, he's uh God gives him the promise of having um, a son, and he says, by this time next year, you're going to have a son, and uh, Sarah, his his wife, they were very old in age, um, she was past the age of conceiving, uh, she kind of laughed, and, and the angel literally said, why did you laugh? Like, you know, by this time next year, I'm going to do what I've said to you that I'm going to do, and uh, what was really um, awesome about it is that Abraham believed God, and it talks about that later on where he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness and so Abraham was a righteous man he walked with God he loved the Lord and um, and so uh, after this the uh, the angel of the Lord said um, said to Abraham and he was like shall I not keep what I'm about to do from Abraham and see, there was some towns in the area, Sodom, Gomorrah, Zoar, uh, a few other ones where they were acting wickedly. They were acting so wicked that the cry came before God and God was going to judge those areas. And so I know we hear about it sometimes where Sodom and Gomorrah and, you know, the, the salt and all that stuff. But I'm just going to walk you through this, this little bit of a process of how this actually came about. And so, uh, Abraham, uh, so God basically shows Abraham that he's going to destroy this. And, uh, Abraham pleads with God, God, if there are 50 righteous men, will you destroy the land? And, and God says, uh, no, for your sake, I'm going to, I'll, I'll spare it if there are 50 righteous. And then, and then, Uh, Abraham pleads again if there are 45 if there are 40 if there are 30 if there are 20 if there are 10 he keeps pleading with the Lord and the Lord is gracious to Abraham and actually agrees it saying no I won't I won't destroy it if there are this many and so he gets to 10 and then the angels of the Lord depart and so it gets to this place where uh, we'll just read um, in Genesis 19 so the um so the 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 angels come and Lot is Abraham's brother. I believe. Yeah, Abraham's brother. They ended up it is nephew, nephew, sorry. Abraham's nephew. This is why we have good people believing God this morning or this evening. Oh no, I'm like Grace. Oh bless. Thank you, Lord. If you weren't here in the morning service, Grace kept saying it's uh this e- good evening and this evening and I'm yeah, anyway the Lord knows. (laughs) Um, So the angels come to um, basically, Lot is Abraham's nephew and Lot is in this place. So uh, Abraham, you know, when you're family with people, you would kind of assume they would kind of get on with each other. They'd be kind of the same, cut from the same cloth, you know, if you see myself compared to my dad like you know we're kind of the same not the same but you know there's things that are similar you know I know my dad makes the statement about my brother and his thumbs compared to my dad's thumbs and how they're similar and so sometimes when you're around people you become like them and so at one point they were together but now they were separate and and Lot was living in the midst of this wicked this wicked place and so he's in this place and the angels show up to, to take Lot out of there because they're gonna, the judgment of God is going to come on this land. And the angels come and, and, and they're coming there and Lot says, hey, come and stay at my house come and stay here and the angel said no we'll stay in the open square but but Lot was insistent saying no you need to come into my house and so he comes and kind of hides them away in his house and then he gets a a, a knock at the door and so we're going to read from verse uh, verse 4 So it says, now before, uh, now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both, y- both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. They called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who, y- who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway and shut behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you that you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. How disgusting is that? I just want to, I want, this isn't just words on a page. This is, this is, this really happened. These things really happened. There were real people that were adamant on these things. And so they come, uh, the angels are in there and, 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 and all the people of that, of that area come and they're banging on the door. We want to know these angels sexually. We want to know them carnally. And Lot is trying to hide what's going on outside from these angels. And he's like, no, 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 I just, just stop it. Just keep calm. Like don't, don't tell anybody, don't show anybody. You need to keep this secret. I'll give you my daughters, just go away. I'll just, I'll push it to the side. But what they were doing was wicked. What they were doing was sin. And as soon as you make room for sin, it grows, it festers, and it becomes bigger than you even thought it would at the beginning. And so then, then um, we're going to read on. So literally, so they ended up uh, scraping at the door to get in to know these angels carnally. And then uh, the angels find out what's going on uh, and they, they, they make them all blind outside. Think about this, this really happened. This is the reality. Can you imagine, right now, someone at your door trying to get in because there's angels in your house because of wickedness? That's, that, that's how intense it was. And these angels, uh, they, they made them blind. And then, and then it goes on. We're going to go to, to verse 12. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and, and whomever you have in the city. Take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law uh, who, uh, who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. If you're really walking right with the Lord, when you say something, your friends, your family are going to believe you. They're not going to think you're joking about the things of God but because his lifestyle did not match those things that he said his friend uh, his family was like ha oh, no you're just joking with us lot you're just messing around what kind of testimony was that that even when something righteous happened when he was saying you need to flee for your life this is wrong and this is bad and, and, and his family laughed at him, thought he was just joking, thought he was just messing about. See, many of you here, you want to witness to your family and to your friends, but your life it doesn't even measure up to what you're saying for them to do. You're telling them to do something holy. You're telling them to go to church. You're telling them to be a part of whatever it is. And you yourself are not representing Christ And then they laugh at you thinking that you're joking. When you're actually serious, this is why God calls his house to be holy. He calls his people to be holy as he is holy. And so the Lord wants to deal with our hearts tonight. So then we'll read on in Genesis 18. So um, so just a bit before this, the angels literally have to grab Lot and his family by the hand and take them out of the land because they were desiring to stay there. They didn't even want to leave that environment that they were around. They didn't want to leave that, you know, the people that they were with, their, their, their drugs, their, their alcohol, their parties, their, their friends, their mates. They didn't want to leave those places of comfort for them. They lingered there. They didn't want to leave. Even though God's judgment was literally coming to that place, they still didn't want to leave that. And they kind of lingered there a little bit. And the angels took them by the hands and walked them out. And as they get to this place, this is, this is, um, they say, go and flee for the hills. Because otherwise you're going to be destroyed. And so then this is Lot's response, which I find really, really interesting. So in verse 18, it says, then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live." angels of the Lord literally just said, flee for the mountains or you're going to perish. You're going to die. And now Lot says, no, if I go there, I'm going to die. Let me just have this little thing, just this little city. So the city that he was referring to was a city called Zor. Zoar, I think is how you pronounce it. Anyway, and the king of Zoar was friends with the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah the places where Lot was dwelling. And so how many of us have friends that are good influence on us? Just raise your hand. How many of us have friends that are not a good influence on us? Yeah. It's important for you to surround yourself with people, men and women that that, that trust the Lord, that follow the Lord, that are gonna encourage you in the Lord And that are going to be a good example to you see he went to a city where those things probably were still being experienced where there was homosexual relations where there was sex outside of marriage where there was drugs where there was alcohol where there was parties and and all of these things that were going on all of these wicked things before the lord which God doesn't approve of, God doesn't condone at all. God actually, those things are sin and God calls it that. And there's judgment that comes upon these cities, but, but Lot is like, oh, please just, just let me have a little one. Just a little bit more of this. Just a little bit more scrolling on porn. Just another drink, it'll be okay. Is it not a little one? Just another thing, just a little bit more deeper in in compromise, in the thing that actually God says, no, don't be set apart from that. Oh, let me just gamble just a bit more. Oh, it's just a little bit of money. It's just a little thing. And we make room for that. And God in his mercy with, with Lot, he ended up letting them stay there. But afterwards, it wasn't even better for Lot. His daughters were so carnal that they ended up sleeping with him to have, the, to have kids. How wicked is that? How disgusting is that? And this is when God wants, wants purity for his people. God wants holiness for his people. God wants his people to be set apart, not like the world, not even looking like the world, but so set apart that, that, that everybody knows whose they are. That there's a light about them, there's a peace about them, that there's a, there's a brightness in their eyes, not, not so heavy because of shame or regret or fear but that there's a lightness, there's a peace, there's a joy because they've met with the Lord. And that they're actually walking right. Uh, Grace was talking about it this morning. Walking in faith and a good conscience before the Lord. Where they actually can hold their head up and, and walk and walk properly. Where they're not still stumbling over these little things that they've left space for. In Song of Solomon, it talks about the little foxes that destroy the vineyard, the place that you have with God, the relationship that you have with Jesus and you allow these foxes, these things, these little things just to get in. Oh, it's just a little anger. Oh, it's just a little stealing. Oh, it's just one night with my friends. What, what, what could go wrong? Oh, it's just one more song on the radio. And, and all of these little foxes, they're destroying the vineyard, the, the place where God has actually caused you to thrive, caused you to grow, caused you to multiply in. And, and these little foxes are destroying it. These little things. And sometimes, oh, but it's just a little thing. Does it really matter? Yes. Yes, it does. Because in these times, God has called his bride to be holy spotless without wrinkle without blemish oh it's just another it's it's just a day of, of of rest I'm just gonna be lazy the bible even talks about it time and time again in the proverbs where he calls the lazy people foolish because they don't know what season they're in they don't they're planting in different seasons that they won't reap in but you're going to sow to the Spirit. That if you're going to sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. But if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And God wants you to be holy. He wants you to be pure. He wants you to be uh, adamant on those things. And, and will it look crazy to the world? Yes. I'll just tell you now. Yes, it will. When the Lord called me to move here to Wales, the Lord provided my visa in one week. One week I was there and I was fine. I was going, you know, to Chipotle. I was, you know, having my time with my work, going, you know, living my life. And then the next week I was in a completely different country, staying in a room that, you know, was being prepared for a baby. Everything in boxes. Completely different. And I remember my, my, my uh, teaching assistant that was there at the time. She was like but but what if you don't have a place to stay but but what if you don't have a job to go to but what what about this what about that and she thought the way i was living was crazy she was like i just think that that's really crazy she ended up saying those words and i was like i guess to the natural mind it is but when you know god's in it you, you want to do those things you want to live holy you want to live pure no, I don't. I don't go out and have, have boyfriends and, and, and sleep over people's houses like that. No. Why? Because I want to be holy. I want to walk pure. I want to walk holy before the Lord. My old boss, she was like, would you, uh, like, why, why wouldn't you live with, with your, you know, your boyfriend before getting married to them or whatever it is? How do you know? What if they're a serial killer? <laughs> because I know my God. And I know his voice and I know how he moves, that I don't need to function like the world does. I don't need to walk like the world does. I don't need to dress like the world does. I don't need to act like the world does. Because God has called us in this time to be set apart, to be holy, to look different, to act different, to smell different, that we would be the fragrance of Christ. Not of death, not, not, not of the world, but, but of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's called us to be holy in your workplace. Why don't you swear? Why not just a little word? Oh, come on, you can do it. Oh, you're, you know, and then they they make fun or, you know, they press that place. You're called to be holy. You don't have to function that way. You don't have to like the music that they listen to. I remember working in a place where... Every day they, they would play this the radio and I'm like, I don't like these songs. It's icky. It's gross. I don't want to listen to them anymore. And, and when I could, I would change the channel to, to Premiere Praise. And I'd be listening to those, those the praise and worship songs. And then they'd, they'd find out that I changed it and they'd change it back. It was kind of like a, an on and off thing. But I would intentionally change the lyrics of the songs so that I could sing along to it and that they were godly. Where I would like think about those songs and I'd be like, okay, I could say it like this and then I'd, you know, because otherwise those songs get stuck in your head. But I would be intentional. Am I crazy? Okay. But I'm called to be holy. I'm called to be set apart. I'm called to look different. I'm called to act different. I'm not called to be like the person next to me on the bus. I'm called to, to look different. Amen. 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 And God is calling us to look different. And so I want to encourage you that if there's those little things, I know God's putting his finger on a few things, even in your life right now, where there's those little foxes that have come in. We're going to deal with that. But I want to, I want to continue. And so the angels of the Lord literally say, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Keep going. Keep your eyes set. Keep your eyes fixed. Don't look back at what you used to have. Look at Jesus. Look, keep going. Just keep going. Look ahead. And then we'll just read in verse 26. But his wife looked back behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. That's pretty blunt. Yeah. The Lord was already granting mercy by allowing them to stay in a side, in a side place. Was that his desire? No, he said flee to the hills. And then this is the moment where judgment comes. Where sometimes we play around too much in this area of, oh, I could just have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I can just stay here and I can look back when I want it and then I can go on when I want. And there's a constant back and forth, but there's a moment that will come where it will be too late. Where he's like, no, depart from me, I never knew you. And there's a moment that you cross where you won't be able to go back. You won't be able to, to, to continue to look to Jesus. You won't be able to do that. And this was that moment for Lot's wife, where she turned around and she looked behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. There's a verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 26, 11. And it says, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. I remember there were times where I would think about smoking again. And I would think, oh, it would be just really cool to smoke a spliff right now. Oh, this would be a great day to do that. And I would think, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, no, I, I don't want to do this Lord, I don't even want to desire the vomit to go back to it. Lord, I want you to change my taste. I want you to change my attitude. I want you to change my heart where I don't even desire it anymore. I don't want to return to those places. Why? Because the Lord has called me to be holy. The Lord's called me to be set apart. The Lord's called me to act different, to walk different, to look different, not like the world, set apart from the world. as a dog returns to his, own, to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Don't look back. There's things that you've left behind, things that you've cut out of your life, drinking, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, that relationship, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, whatever it is, you've cut it out of your life. Don't constantly linger there or, or or yearn for those places or desire that. Ask the Lord to change your heart. You could be honest with him. You could be real with him, but don't go back there. It's vomit. It's gross. If you think about it, think about the reality of this. You see a dog throw up, and there's sick on the floor, how gross that is, begins to smell, looks a bit nasty. And then the dog comes right back and then eats it. That same reaction should be in your heart every time you think about going back to the world. That's how much it should make you sick. That's how much it should make your heart cringe and be like, oh, no, I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that in my friends' lives, but I, I I don't want that. That's gross, that's nasty. I want to leave that stuff behind and I want to pursue you, Lord. I want to be set apart. I want to be holy. I don't want those things anymore. Because there is a moment where you'll taste and taste and see that the Lord's good. And then you keep going back to that same thing. And that same thing is going to be the thing that keeps you from that relationship with the Lord. Where it'll be that that, that barrier that you're like, I... It's either this or God and your your foot's in one camp and your foot's in the other. But actually, you're actually completely not even in the camp of the Lord at that point. Because you're tied to that. Amen, June. You move forward and you don't go back. You continue to move forward. See, God's called us to be holy. Because the price he paid for you was too high. He didn't pay for just a little bit of your sin. He paid for all of it. So that, those little foxes, the price has been paid for. Whether it's big or whether it's small, Jesus paid the price completely. All of your sin was laid on Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect Lamb, the perfect one. He did nothing wrong. He didn't do anything, uh, uh, any sinful thing. He didn't think a sinful thought. He didn't look at anybody in a wrong way. He was perfect, without sin, completely spotless. And he took the price for your sin and mine, which is death. The wages of sin, the price for sin is death. How many of us have a job here? I know we prayed for releasing of jobs and new jobs, amen? Yeah, but we have a job. And if we didn't get paid by, you know, the end of the month or whether it's every week or whatever it is, and you don't get paid, what would you do? What would would you just sit at home and be like, okay, well, this is cool. What would you do? You'd go and ask them, wouldn't you? You'd be like, hey, what's going on? Where's my paycheck? Did you get my bank details? Like, is everything okay? Is everything cool? You'd go and ask. And that that's the demanding payment that sin has, which is death. Sin demands payment. It's not an optional thing. It's not just, oh, if I feel like it, no, it it demands payment. And it's your payment, you have to pay it. Your sin. The price for sin is death. The lying, the cheating, the stealing, the sex outside of marriage, the just the little things over in the corner that I don't want anybody to know that I kind of shut the door so nobody sees. The price for sin is death. Jesus paid that price completely. The Bible says Jesus became sin for you and for me on that cross. All of your sin he put on himself as if it was his, even though it wasn't. And he died the death that we deserved. And then he went into the grave, into death. And then three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead defeating sin, defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave, defeating sickness. Jesus laid that thing open, like literally put the devil to an open shame, saying, you have no hold on me anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is the same place that we get to walk free from, where we don't have to linger around in that grave. We don't have to kind of just say, oh, but there's this. No, he's called us to be holy he's called us to walk out he's called us to walk free he's called us to walk in all that he has planned and prepared for us amen amen how many of you know that God has a good plan for your life how many of us want to walk in that good plan it's going to take obedience it's going to take that step it's going to take dealing with these things that you've left in the closet things that you've left hidden under the blanket Things that, you <clears throat> things that you think nobody else has seen, things that you think nobody else knows about, no God sees, and God knows. I was reminded this morning of just a moment in my, in my testimony where, where I was thinking, I'm like, Lord, you knew how dark of a place I was in. Like he knew it. Even when my friends didn't know, God knew. Like God was there and he saw how deep it was, like how sick it was, how dark it really was, that it wasn't what I just put on social media and how it, how it looked all great and, and perfect and, and put together. No, he saw even behind the closed doors when no one else was watching, God saw. And for those things he paid for completely. Because on that cross he said, it is finished. He paid the price completely in full. So that you could walk free from that. So that you can live in in a good conscience before the Lord. In faith before the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. This is what Jesus did for me and for you. So that we don't have to keep these little things in our lives anymore. We don't have to keep this, th- these little excuses anymore. Even the little lies that you tell, you don't need to tell them anymore. God is actually providing space for those things to be free. For you to be free from those little things. Those little foxes. Some of them, you know what it is. As I've gone through this, you know exactly what those places are. You know you know those things that you don't want anybody else to know about and you don't want anybody else to see, you know it. And the Lord wants you to deal with that tonight. He wants you to experience freedom from those things where you actually don't, you don't desire them. Where you look at it and you're like, oh, that's, mm, no, that's gross. Lord, I don't want that in my heart. I don't want that in my life. I want to live free from that. And so tonight I want you to respond to the Lord. I don't want you to wait for next week because who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next week? We don't. We heard the, 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 the story about, uh, about my dad's friend. That was a sudden thing. I don't think that was planned. This is the reality. We don't know when we're going we're gonna to breathe our last. And so we want to live whole. We want to live pure because Jesus can come back any minute and you want to live ready. You want to live ready. Amen. Amen. So let's let's pray. Thank you Jesus. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I ask that right now you would just draw near. You would just draw near right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just reveal um Lord, reveal in in the hearts of people um here today that need to get right with you. And I just ask right now Holy Spirit that you would just deal with that, that place. That place of compromise where they've allowed it too long in their lives. Where they've allowed it too long to fester. Where those little foxes Lord have festered for too long. Lord I pray you would just stir that thing up right now. That there, if freedom is needed, Lord, I thank you that it's found in you. Lord, I thank you that forgiveness is found in you. Thank you, Lord, that healing is found in you. I want you to say this with me, saints, those of you that are are turning from these little foxes these little things these little places in your life of compromise and you're you're leaving those things behind i want you to say this with me out loud and those of you would you just join in with uh with us as well i want you to say this out loud lord jesus i turn from the compromise in my life I acknowledge it to be sin before you, where you've called me to be set apart. You've called me to be holy, and I wanna walk that way before you. And Jesus, will you help me? Holy Spirit, will you fill me and help me to be obedient to you? Change the desires of my heart. Let them be after you and you alone. Jesus, I want to live free. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again for me. Be my Lord be my savior and wash me of all of this in jesus name amen thank you lord